0: Hello and welcome to the Tennis Menu's Daily ATP Final Show. Val Febbo here with you. And remember, next Wednesday, 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time, our webinar being hosted by myself, interviewing the one and only Mark fullest about all things coaching. And remember, you can uh, follow on our social media links that we post every day. Um, you can click on that and register your interest and get a link to come on. And we'll also post the link below on this video as well. So really excited for that webinar, 10 a.m next Wednesday. But it's been a big night of tennis. Dominic team falling to André Rublev as he did in Vienna a few weeks ago. Straight sets results there. Uh, Rafael Nadal, he is through. Big win over Stefanos Tsitsipas. But we're going to explain as to why Dominic team still finished top of the group despite having a worse games win-loss record to Rafael Nadal. And I found that really interesting as to why he still does finish on top. And remember, later on in the show, we're going to give you our discount code Uh, to jump on and subscribe to our 99.90 package um, for 10% discount as well. Stay tuned for that later on in the show. But without further ado, it is these two men that make the show what it is. It is Mark Sefullis, the high performance coach to the stars. Have you coached the queen, Mark Sefullis?
1: (laughs) No, I actually haven't. Um, Well, a couple of the girls I've coached probably thought they were queens. But um, apart from that, I um, yeah, I don't, I don't think uh, I don't think I have. So, uh, but no, what an interesting um, you know round of matches overnight. And obviously, we're just waiting on tonight's matches to formalise. Obviously, who's going through to the semi-finals, and you know, good to see Rafa Nadal, who we probably there's a little bit of doubt over as to his form coming in uh, overall in these. Uh, at this end of year finals over the last few years, but uh, he's qualified now for the semi final, which is really good for him. And, you know, poor old Stefanos, I thought uh, had a bit of a chance this morning to to knock him off, but didn't quite have the, the mental
0: aptitude to be able to do that. So
1: yeah, well done to Rafa.
0: Yep. The defending champion is out. And uh, Joel Frucci, thank you very much for joining us. How are you?
2: Yeah, going well, boys. Um, as you'll see, different shirt this morning. Um, so uh, yeah, didn't... Uh, yeah, sorry, Jake. Ames. I didn't go with the tour this morning.
0: Very, very good from you. Very good. Um. So, oh, look, you could have gone the white one. It would have been okay. That would have been acceptable. Um. But let's move into the agenda. And the well, the the reason that Nadal finished uh, didn't finish top is as more confusing. as Twitter adding stories this morning? So, um. Look, there's, <laughs> there's so look, Nadal has beaten, Andre, uh, Stefanos Pass in three. Team fell to Andre Rublev in straight sets, but what is the most confusing thing is that Nadal actually, so they both finish on two wins, one loss, four sets won, three sets lost. It comes down to games now. Nadal is at 40 to 33, uh, so that's in a a positive number. Team is 38 to 40, so that's a negative number. Still team finishes on top. Because he has the better head to head against Rafael Nadal. So he beat Nadal in the group, meaning he goes through in top spot. And as he was first to qualify, it's the same with Daniel Medvedev tomorrow. Say if he should lose to Diego or tonight, say he should lose to Diego Schwartzman in straight sets. And Djokovic and Zverev come through and they have a better record. He He'll finish the group as he's beaten both of those players. So, it well and truly was a dead rubber for Dominic Thien, uh this morning. But he does lose a little bit of prize money and he does lose a little bit of, um, of ranking points as well. So, you don't get the full amount if you lose one match. But we'll start with that one. And it was um, it was interesting. I wasn't really expecting um, Rublev to, to win this. And the way that he played um yeah he was he sort of seemed a little bit free didn't he in the the way that he went about it and it was um it was a six two seven five win but yeah it just he he just looked like the player that had been playing the entire year didn't he mark he did and
1: it's an interesting one because dominic team had nothing to play for we mentioned this in the show yesterday um which is a real danger for him you know obviously having nothing to play for goes out there hits some balls You know, Rublev went out there with nothing to lose. You know, it's a win-win situation for him. He hits 11 aces and Andre Rublev doesn't hit 11 aces in matches. So um, for him to do that, he was obviously playing pretty freely, Um, nothing to lose. He was already out of the draw anyway. So, um, yeah, it was an interesting match, but obviously a dead rower. So, you know, Dominic team goes through qualifying it as the number one ranked player in his group. Um, And, yeah, I'd like to see how this is going to affect him moving forward you know whether or not it stops his momentum whether or not it halts that a little bit and his confidence or whether or not he just thought you know what i need to preserve some energy and make sure that i'm right for the for the semi-final it could go either way and uh, i mean dominic team is a good enough player to be able to get through this situation so we'll see how it how it pans out but um you know good year for andre rublev you know he finishes the year outstanding results and uh, he can walk away with his head held high
0: Yep, well, 41 match wins. The most titles on tour so far. Novak Djokovic can equal that on five. Um, a career-high ranking of eight and um, his first initial ATP finals wins. So, a pretty damn good year for Andre Rublev and uh, Roger Federer did predict that last year and um, yeah, so Rublev has come on in leaps and bounds this year. But Dominic team, I think that's the one. Now, last year, as I said yesterday, he lost in the final group uh, match to um, to Matteo Berrettini. still finished top of the group, but I think, I don't know, I just think the way that he plays, I think this is a little speed bump for him. Um, probably wasn't going at full capacity today. Um, and would you have encouraged him to, Mark? It's it's something, I don't know, it's weird because it is such a big tournament. You don't want to lose your momentum. But then as a coach, it's like, do you want to conserve energy? It's only best at three sets.
1: Yeah, the problem is, is that, you've got to play the time regardless, right? So, you know, whether you're playing the time and going full tilt or you're going at 80%, he he still played the match. So you're still out there. You're still wasting energy regardless. So you'd rather go in with confidence. I mean, he's fit enough to be able to play 12 sets. I mean, the the, the fitness for me is is non-negotiable. It's not even even questionable. Um, So you just go out there and play. I mean, you'd want him to win the match. If I was his coach, I'd want him to get there and win and, ma- and maintain momentum and confidence and belief moving into a semifinal, which is probably going to be a huge match for him. So, you know, this is a you know, massive tournament, good prize money on the line and the last tournament of the year to, to head into next year and really start the year really well again. So, you know, I, there's no doubt I would have wanted him to win that match as his coach. Um, you know, he's, he's spent the, or whatever, I think it was an hour and 15 minutes on the court, you'd rather him spend the hour and 15 minutes to win the match and, than win it and then lose it. So um, that would be my my two cents. But uh, I mean, he's a pure champion now. He's one of those top four, as we discussed earlier in the week. And, you know, there's no doubt he, he can bounce back. It's just ma- making sure that his mindset's on track for that.
0: Yep, 100% agree. So um, big effort from Andre Rublev to get the win there. But Joel, Rafael Nadal and Stefan Tsitsipas, this is one that went absolutely down to the wire. And it was Nadal coming over the top six four four six. 6-2 over the young Greek, and Pass pushed him, but ultimately, like last year,
2: it wasn't enough. He did push him, um, and, look, Stefanos actually really set himself up to win this match. Um, and unlike his match against Rublev, where... Rub- 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 Set uh, 6 4 and went into the third set um, with the break, serving first in the third set. But the first three games of that third set were all breaks, and Rafa got two of those breaks and uh, ended up uh, holding in that fourth game. And that was pretty much all she wrote. And I was talking to Mark about this off air, and yeah, I I don't know. He just, I think Steph, what he needs to work on is he he just misses some some chances. Um, So whether that's, whether that's, whether that's a mental thing, it probably is. Um, I think that's something that he can he can really uh, work on going into 2021. But really, what we kind of expected to happen um, in this match happened. Rafa really went after uh, the single-handed backhand um, of Sitsipass, and that ended up in, I think, 14 unforced errors off the backhand wing, uh, 29 all up. So, look, it was a match that probably went um, as expected. Certainly, if you're in the Pass camp, you're, you're going away, I think, um, pretty disappointed because... Uh, he could easily have won this match, but you could just tell uh, from Rafa's post-match interview just just how much he wants uh, this this title, this this first uh, Masters Finals title.
0: Yep, and this is the only thing is we said that Rafael Nadal has not won. It's the only one he's won the Davis Cup. He's won all four Grand Slams. He's won the Olympic gold. Um, he's won an Olympic gold in doubles, but he still hasn't won this tournament, and this is probably eating at him that he he just wants this one. Um, But looking, looking at the next match, he's got to take on, he's got to take on Daniel Medvedev and looking at, looking at that matchup, he's, he's done so well against Medvedev in the past and beaten him in some really big matches. And um, Medvedev last year, five one up on him in the third set, having match, match points at some, at the ATP finals. And then also at the U S open, they played some epics, absolute epics, but Mark, that matchup is very much like a Nadal Djokovic matchup. And with the speed of the courts, does that favour Medvedev at all?
1: You'd say on the outside, yes, it would. Um, the pure speed of the court and the way that Medvedev plays and breaks the baseline with the ball so well, it's just it's going to hurt Nadal in, in terms of he won't have time to be able to dig the ball up and get it to, to bounce. But if, if Nadal can take control of the rally early and get the ball to bounce up on Medvedev, Medvedev struggles when the ball is up above shoulder height. So, you know, he wants the ball to play through the court a little bit more. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a battle of who can play to their strengths better. Um, you know, I think at the start of the tournament, I've gone with Medvedev and Djokovic purely because of the court reasons um, and the way that they can absorb that speed and be able to play through the court. And uh, I feel like I'm still going to stick with that uh I think Medvedev might go in as a slight favorite just pure form um and the courts I think playing to his favorite just a little bit more than Rafa but as Joel said when someone wants it mentally as much as Rafa does you know that plays a big factor as well so the determination to be able to do that and you know we've, we've doubted Rafa in the past and it hasn't gone well for any of us so um <laughs> I, think, I think uh I think Rafa's going to want this and you know I if it comes down to mentality, Rafa takes it. If it comes down to, to tactical and skill-based, I think Medvedev takes it. So toss the coin, flip it, it see who starts the matches better and, uh, and place their strengths better, and we'll go from there. But you know, I'll, I'll just stick with Medvedev just.
0: One thing I do want to ask you about last night's match, Mark, is the first serve percentage of Stefanos Pass. It went from 71% in the first match against team, 69% in the second match against Rublev. And overall... Fifty-seven percent against Rafael Nadal. It went from sixty-six to fifty-seven to forty-five in the match, in all three sets.
1: Yeah, yeah, and yeah, he had to serve well. You know, you you cannot if your game relies on big game, big first ball, um, and you're not serving well against someone like Nadal. Forget about it. You know, you give him a sniff, and he's he's there. You know, you can't give a good player. You know a slight opportunity, a slight window, because I'll take it. And I know Joel and I were discussing this off air before we started the, the recording of this. And we spoke about, you know, this is where the Nadals and Djokovic and Federers have had the, have had the wood on these guys for so long is because at those key moments, they know what to do. They know how to stand up and they know how to just hang around long enough to be able to wait for an opportunity. And and what actually happened here is Stefanos gave him an opportunity and he took it. Um, And look, if you're not serving well against Rafa, it's all over. Rafa served really smart. He was sliding the ball to Stefanos' backhand, getting into slice. He was coming forward. And the other thing is, and not not a lot of people know this, one of the the best players at net on the ATP tour is Rafael Nadal. He has one of the highest ratios or winning percentages when he comes forward to the net. And you would think probably not because he's such a baseliner, but he comes in at the right moments. And last night he did that, the right moments, the right time. He took away the time and space from Pass, and Pass couldn't have the, the court space to be able to work in as he normally does. So, yeah, it was a very interesting match, but uh, well done to Rafa. And, uh, you know, I, I hope he, he does break through for his maiden uh, Masters event uh, here. I think it's, it's so important for him. As you said, he's won everything else. And I think he's one of the best players of all time and deserves this title more than anyone.
0: Yep, and I think Tizzy pass on, on return as well. 19% on the first point to return. You can generally get into a rally with Nadal on his first serve, um, but he was serving it um, extremely well last night. But tonight's matches, Joel. Um, the first match Djokovic and Zverev. This is the one for all the marbles. Zverev gets through um, if he wins, Djokovic gets through if he wins. And this one, they're so evenly matched. On the head to head record, but as we said yesterday, none of their results have been none of their matches have ever gone the distance or an extra set, it's always been a straight sets win for one or the other. So, how important is starting well?
2: Yeah, hugely important. And you said the other day, Val, that uh, Alex Berev is, is such a good front runner. Um, and if he's going to win, then he does need to start well and, and assert himself um, against Novak, and he needs to serve well as well. I know we keep talking about how important it is for players to serve well at this event. But that's especially true for Zverev. We know about the issues that he has had in the past, but when it gets going, it's it's quite difficult to stop against Schwartzman. I think his differential is plus seven. I think he put away 10 serves, mm-hmm. um, pardon me, 10 aces, only three uh, double faults. So that's, that's what you want if you're in his camp. But if that serve breaks down against Djokovic and you have to Depend on that second serve to start the points. Then we know that's when Novak can really get on top of you and, and really just dictate the point um, from that uh, point forward. So um, I think if if he is going to win this, he yeah, he does need to start well. He needs to serve well. But yeah. overall, it's 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 so difficult to look past um, Novak.
0: Yeah, and it is, and uh, and I think well, Djokovic is the best returner in the game, and maybe yep. in the history of tennis. So if you're looking at this, Mark, if, if you know Zverev's serve is under pressure normally, it is under immense pressure against Novak Djokovic because even if Zverev hits a good serve that might get past Diego Schwartzman, it's not going to get past Novak.
1: Yeah, and that's what we looked at with the match with Schwartzman. You know, Schwartzman obviously being the poor man's Novak Djokovic, as we keep oh, I keep saying um, But I think the biggest thing is that, a very
0: rich poor man. If you're poor yeah, man, yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> If you look at if you look at the way Schwartzman was returning, he just wasn't getting the reach and doesn't have the reach as, as a Novak Djokovic, so therefore the balls were landing quite short um, and Zverev had the first strike in the rally. What Novak will do really well is neutralise that. He'll be able to get a little bit of depth on the ball and not allow Zverev to be able to wind up on the forehand side. He'll probably take time away, which will be through the middle of the court to the forehand generally more often than not, and therefore hopefully Novak will get that first strike in the rally rather than Zverev. So you know, I think you're right. I think the the return is really important for Novak and the serve is really important for Zverev here. So this is a, it's a big match because obviously we've also discounted Zverev a few times over the last few months, but he's actually come through with the goods at the big moments. And this is something that he's going to have to do to take the next step in his career is to to win matches like this. And no doubt Stefan City Plus will be kicking himself. As Joel said earlier, these are the, the matches that they want to take away from the big four and and start to you know impact you know the the higher end of the Grand Slams now and start winning these and taking them off Novak and Rafa and Roger. So you know it's a big match for Zverev, but you know I can't go past Novak Djokovic. The defensive skills on the faster court, uh, I think he will take the cake in this one.
0: Yep, I think so as well. And um, it's uh it's been I think the, first, the the last time two of the big three qualified for the ATP finals semifinals was 2018, and that was um. Federer and Novak but it'll be consecutive years that only one of them does get through in 2017 it was only one 2016 it was only one as well so it's become a very rare feat to have two of them in but I think it's going to be very very hard to go against Novak Djokovic with the way or with the tennis that he has produced for most of the most part of 2020 and Daniel Medvedev against Diego Schwartzman. well like we didn't know this yesterday uh, this is an extreme dead rubber um, but for, for prize money and ranking points, Medvedev will still be out there to try and, um, to try and, and get and maximize his tournament if he can. But Diego Schwartzman, he doesn't want to leave this tournament winless.
1: Yeah, you're correct. I, I think he's, he, you know, it'd be great for him to, to get a win on the board and keep his confidence because he has had a pretty good year and obviously finishing top eight in the world is, a, is, is an un- unbelievable effort for a guy of his stature. And obviously everyone probably would have knocked him all the way through uh you know through his career and for him to get a result that, that gets him to the top eight and to get a win here will be quite significant in his career. So that'll be a good uh end to his year and he'll start next year with you know a bit more confidence, a bit more belief. And maybe maybe at the end of next year he comes back and does a little bit better than what he has done so far. So uh yeah it's, it's not a not a huge match for for either player, but uh you know probably more Schwarzman than it is Medvedev.
0: Yeah I think so. And they've met twice this year, Joel and 2020 ATP Cup. Medvedev in three, but then they met in Paris uh, two weeks ago. And Medvedev, of course, won that title. But in the quarters, he dispatched Diego Schwartzman six three six one. So this is, I don't know. It's so hard. For, head-to-head, leads him 4-0. I just think it's very hard to go past Daniel Medvedev in the way that he's been playing and what he did to Novak Djokovic. Y- you can't see him losing, can you?
2: Yeah, look, it's pretty hard to see Daniel going down here. Obviously, he's on a bit of a roll form-wise. Um you're factoring in uh Bercy and, and also the matches that he has played um so far in, in London. Um look, I mean I think it would be it'd be a nice story sentimentally if, if Diego could win this match. Um just because I guess in the same same vein as as Rublev you and he's had he's had such a great year. So to see him round out uh his year with a win um in the Masters finals, even though it is very much a dead rubber, I think that'd be nice to see. But um, yeah, I mean, Daniil is just playing some unbelievable tennis at the moment. So, look, it's, it is really difficult to go past him.
0: Yep, I think so. This match, um, I think, for Medvedev is going to be a fine tune before what, uh, before what comes next against Rafael Nadal in the semifinals. But one semi-final spot is still up for grabs, and that will be decided tonight when Novak Djokovic takes on Alexander Zverev. That is one for the books. Do not miss it. But, Mark Zafoulis, thank you very much for your efforts on the show today. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: Thanks, Bell and, and Joel, it was, uh, yeah, it's been really good to, to start to see it take shape in the semi semifinals. Looking forward to tonight's matches. And uh, by tomorrow, we'll know who are playing off in the semifinals. So it's a really exciting time and obviously the
2: last tournament of the year. So we want to see, you know, some really good matches towards the end.
0: Very excited for
2: this as well. Joel Fritchie, thank you very much. No, no worries, Jen. Super pumped to find out uh, what semifinals we're going to get.
0: Can't wait. And remember daily show 10 is the code that you need to type in um, when you subscribe to the tennis menus annual package of uh, 600 tennis specific drills and resources to make you a better tennis coach. It's 99.90 us. But remember with this 10% discount of daily show 10, it will be 89.90 us or thereabouts. If my math is correct, but remember you can follow us on social media. Don't laugh Joel. I heard that. Um, <laughs> Social media, Tennis Menu on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. You can can subscribe to this podcast as well um, on uh, Apple Podcasts. And uh, we're there as well. I think we're we're in most places. Um, And, yeah, that's about it for us here at the Tennis Menu's daily ATP final show. Val Ferbo, Joel Frugge and Mark Safulis joining you every day to recap what's going on in London.